Bill, get your shit together, man. Let's get this fucking thing going. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the comic. Comic. What's going on, nerds? I'm Mike. That is Bill. What's up? That's DJ Nike. And we got Aaron with us. We're still trying to just get you on the show all the time. Hey, I'm always down to be here. I enjoy it. It's always fun. Yes. It was a little struggle to get you here. I mean, with having the kids and whatnot. Yeah, if I can find somebody to watch them for the hour that we're here. Yeah, but we're glad you're here. Hell yeah. Um... And this is the comic zone live. Yep, we are live on Facebook. So, um, talking so, our favorite '90s comics runs. Yes. So, in the chat, tell us what your favorite '90s comics, artists, storylines, or what you think of the ones that we're going to talk about, or even the ones that you didn't like. Yeah. There's a lot of things that went wrong in the '90s oh, yes. too. Oh yeah. So. Right. Yeah, Bill and gonna... I were actually talking about that earlier at work today. And then trying not to like. This is what I'm going to talk about, but we can't talk about it now. You were talking about what was wrong? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, it was the 90s bubble. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was a lot that crashed the the entire industry. And I think there's a lot of good things that came out of that crash and a lot of bad things business-wise. Business is closed. You know, comic book shops across the country went under because Mm -hmm. people were selling the, the idea that you could make a lot of money but not about the love of comics. Yeah. And like one of my biggest, and my biggest regret as a comic book fan now is that I didn't read a lot of these nineties comics. Mm. So when we were talking about that, it's like, I was like, Oh man, what? I don't know what that is. But then once I started really looking at what was published, then I'm like, there was a lot of interesting things that happened that were noticed now that we didn't then mm-hmm. especially what's happening in a lot of the in television right yeah and movies and across across the board there right well a lot of you could thank loki and that show for bringing the tva to light and that's been around yeah for a seriously yeah, long I mean, time i have anything a what if. with the mcu has been around for most everything we've seen i know but as far as bringing things to light like he was saying that maybe people didn't know about or is that what you were saying yeah so like uh preacher Mm-hmm. Uh, the Garth Ennis comic yeah. that people, a lot of people love was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that wasn't one that I found out, but there was a TV series out of there. Um, a lot of the MCU was pulled from, from that era That's of comics, too. That's what I was too. saying, yeah. Or, or like Guardians, even. Mm-hmm. Well, that explains a lot of the storylines that they've been using in the movies as well. Yeah. Right. And they've changed a lot of stuff to make it fit for now. So, like, I was actually shocked. I'm glad, you know, this is, I'm glad we've got this group right here. This is dope. Yeah. Because... When they first started doing the MCU, it was the ultimate universe. That's why yeah. that's why uh, Nick Fury was black. Uh, that's why Iron Man took place in the Gulf, or not the Gulf, what do they call that? The West Coast, didn't it? Uh, Afghanistan. Oh, like, yeah. Like the war that was going on instead oh, of the yeah. Vietnam War, you know, when it happened. Like a lot of stuff they were taking early on was, they were old stories that were just made new for that 2000 crowd, but that was the ultimate universe. So the first time someone actually said 616, Meaning, you know, that that's the universe that took place in. I was like, oh, that's going to be problems. And, <laughs> and and it did cause some where they like they had to go back and retroactively fix stuff. So yeah. uh, they made black Nick Fury, white Nick Fury son. And they did like an entire crossover to tie that together, which was original oh. sin. And that was really good. Yeah, I think I remember that line. I didn't read all of it, but. 
And, yeah, and that's also, and there have been little drawbacks to that even in the TV show because uh, after Endgame when Captain America had aged out, yeah, uh, he was couldn't be Cap anymore, and that's when he gave you know gave it to Falcon Sam. Um, but that's also he was he still had a job uh, where he was on the moon working for Shield, and that's why like yeah. during Falcon and Winter Soldier, it was like yeah we heard we heard Captain Rogers was still alive and he's on the moon like you know <laughs> what I mean? There yeah. are those little bitty tiebacks that unless you're like super hardcore fan of that particular book yeah. or that particular character, you wouldn't even have known that. That's a nice little Easter egg though because then they could. Use it to bring him back later if he decides to come back. Mm -hmm. But with the multiverse in both DC and Marvel, you can have infinite Earths, and so there's infinite Steve Rogers. So you could find one there as well if you wanted to bring him back. And I think I'm glad they waited a little bit to start putting the multiverse in there because again, us comic book nerds, we know that shit. But the average person that's never picked up a comic book that's only seen, you know what I mean, like the movies. And especially if they didn't even watch them in order and stuff, I think yeah. it was nice that, you know, they didn't just throw multiverse out there because that would have confused. Like, I think that was part oh, right. of the problem. It would have overwhelmed I mean? a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, you definitely had to, like, build up to it. Because they even built up to, like, Endgame. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't have an ensemble cast at first. You had individual That's the only way you one up or, like, step it up from Endgame. And so it made sense. If like they did it too that. soon, it would have been, like... They would have lost a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, well, because and I think that's what they've done with a lot of their movies is they've geared it towards today's audience that's going out there that mm-hmm. uh, could have you know missed their opportunity as kids to read it, um, and so they're introducing it to their kids, and it's just like them reading a different book than what we read. Instead, it's a movie. Facts. Mm-hmm. Well, I totally think that too. Like, yeah, the kids aren't so much reading comics anymore; they're just watching the movies, and that's their version of reading comic because that's would, let's imagine, be honest if it, we grew up with the movies uh we probably would have been the same like even if i don't know the, even i with think you would comic. bring them back i think there's a point in time when if somebody really falls in love with those characters and they want more that's where they're gonna turn and i yeah. know that's kind of drew me back to comics is like wait I, there's this whole plethora of good content out there mm-hmm. and you know i found it digitally first because yeah. you could get a subscription and you could binge read all of these old comics that are way too expensive to you know buy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a great way to kind of get in there, and then COVID got me back and hooked onto the paper. And yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I love the paper. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and quickly since since we're talking about '90s shit. The fact that the paper now is so much more durable than it was there. I oh, mean, yeah. I still wouldn't advise you know spilling a drink, even water on it. No, but. It would survive more like you, you like the, I don't even yeah, touch my comic. Yeah. I use gloves, non-powdered gloves when I read my books, just because I remember, you know, my finger getting excited, my finger sweating and it leaving fucking marks on the or inside. Or tear in the book. corner when yeah. you go. To- yeah. So we, we, we've come leaps and bounds with like, not even just the artwork, just the technology with the paper. And, and, and I see why, you know, they were a quarter when I first started reading a, like a dollar 25 when I was hardcore reading and you're averaging four bucks for a book now. Yeah. Or seven. Yeah. Well, no, seriously. Yeah. They, they, they're yeah. like the new Spider-Man, especially when you get the double sized issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven, nine bucks. Yeah. It's and, and they're, and it's happening more and more often. So, and you know, prices of everything is going up right now. Yeah. Well, I've noticed the comics are a little bit, you know, have a little bit more to them than the ones that we had. Ours mm-hmm. were short and chock full of ads. Yeah. There's still a ton of ads. <laughs> and it's okay. usually for their own shit. Yeah. But yeah. 
But back then it was for everybody. Cartoons, know? video games. Oh, yeah. Candy and yeah. fucking cereal. Yeah. And Send in for movies. your secret ring decoder. Yep. That's yeah. one of the best parts. <laughs> you have like... to find what the. Okay, this is one of my picks. I'm not going to get into it, but I want to find an old ad. <laughs> so, because that is some of the funnest part, especially the old ones like x ray goggles or, or just like. Uh, Oh, what? There was one of the graded ones that had like zit cream was on the back of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you got to think about the audience that they were they were kowtowing Clear to. Clear yourself. Mm-hmm. That one's got Mortal Kombat on the back of it. Yo, <laughs> look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, Sep- the, yo, the September. Person. What year was it that? Yeah, I want to guess. I'm going uh, to say that's 93, but it. 92. Oh, look. Let me see. Damn, I'm good. No, that was that was when the video game first came out for home systems. Yeah, that so was the, the NES and the, Bill, I mean, and, and the Genesis. Yep. The and the blood graphics were the best. Uh, yep. Even like though the, they were so cheesy. Yeah, but you had to do a code. Like, you oh, know, yeah. when you bought the game, it didn't This is even... for when it was coming out on like uh, game systems. Yeah. That's so it was already listening. that's what we said. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, the arcade was already out, but yeah. yeah. The NES and the uh, Sega Genesis were the two 16-bit systems. That's the, the OG time. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. That's the that one on you had the... the... August 1993. Meteor oh, Man. Oh, nice. Yeah! I hit the nail no, no, on no. the head. Show the one on the inside cover. Meteor Man. Oh, oh. Meteor Man. Oh, my goodness. Was it you that posted that Meteor yes, Man? Yes, oh, I just spoil my pick. <laughs> I actually posted a, a meme about the actual comic book character because he beat the shit out of Hulk. In the, in the 90s. Yeah. And that's the movie that came out, which is, it's one of those cult classics. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought Bill it Cosby. Good. Yeah. James Earl Jones. Before he started Gavin putting Pops. Yeah. Eddie <laughs> Griffin. Uh, ABC, another bad creation. Sinbad. Yeah. Luther Vandross. Yeah. He was that's a bad a, guy. There's a, Would that be high... the same Sinbad that didn't exist in a movie that they say that doesn't exist? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, he's real. Yeah, Flashback, real. video is. game. Yeah. Video game, baseball cards. Oh man, yeah, yo, yeah. I also want to say during the nineties, I kept a job. Like, well, even if it was just uh, throwing papers, you know, being a paper boy. For any of y'all that even knows what that is, yeah, that was <laughs> my first job boy. too. That's yeah. what I did with my paper money too. Was bought comics. Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought I just saw a um, and comic cards. Uh, yep. That's where go back. That's where you can um, buy comics. So yes, yeah, uh, ads where you could. Yeah, that Mile High that's used to have you, that's, that's what I thought it was. This that, is greatest comics, greatest world. That's how you would sub to comics back yeah. then. Is Man, like... I remember I dreamed about going. It took me 30 years to go yeah. to Mile High Comics. Because for one, I forgot it was in Denver. Duh, stupid yeah. me. But I mean, I wasn't living here when I was reading them as a kid. So I never thought I'd be this close to Mile High Comics. And I went in there the first time. And it was it's like. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I was like, oh. It's overwhelming. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you need a whole day to go there the first you time. You need a couple yeah. days. That's like a weekend th- vacation. You, you need know. a purpose. You need to be like, I'm looking for this, this, and this. Because yeah, if you don't, if, I mean, just yeah. you're going to get lost and potentially spend a life savings in oh, there. But yeah. sometimes <laughs> maybe that's the point too. So uh, well, yeah, if that's I if that is your goal. The very first time I went there, because I just was going in for the experience. Yeah, and. I knew it was a warehouse, but I didn't think it was. And it looks like a warehouse. So. Oh, they have a yeah. couple warehouses. Yeah, but that's the big one. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I went in there. They had a fucking Sentinel, a Lego yeah. Sentinel they, in there. You know what I mean? They had that there in 2019 yeah. when I went there. Life size. Well, you know, Sentinel life size. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was huge. I was like, what? <laughs> and, you know, they have, they have the trade paperbacks separate from the regular books, the new books separate from, you know, the stuff that's in boxes. They have toys, which is and sectioned vinyls. off. Did you I, see I the life-size carnage in there? Yeah. Yeah. It's badass. 
They have a, a few of those life-size models mm, in there. Yeah. Yeah, that store's nuts. And if, yeah, yeah, if you go in there, I think Bill's right. If you go in there without a purpose, yeah, you're going to... You 400 know. bucks and, and i mean i walked out of there with a bunch of shit but i i did not plan on spending 400 dollars <laughs> when no, i walked wouldn't. in there i was like well i didn't i went in last time and i bought the entire run of x-men 2099 and then some other stuff ended up being like 280 bucks and i was like well fuck yeah yeah but i did it but yeah, but then yeah. but then think about because I, I was mad like because I went there before I drove home, so I had four hours to think about the fact that I just spent four hundred dollars <laughs> in a comic book store, and then I went and I was looking like even the list price, not even what some of them were worth. You know, what I mean, I probably got seven eight hundred dollars worth of stuff for half. So I mean, I still spent a lot of money, and I was still pissed at myself, but I felt better knowing the worth of what I spent. You know, that does always make it feel better when you get yes. a couple things, and all of a sudden you're like, oh hey, that's three times what I paid for it. Yep. <laughs> well, and generally they're gonna have the higher quality books out there. I think like they're they're all in really good shape whenever you're looking yeah. for something. Mm -hmm. Well, and I know a lot of their graded stuff is very pricey, and it's it, some of it's worth, they charge more than what it's actually worth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just so they can make a dollar, which I don't blame them, but... If you just walk up to their... If you just section off where their back issue log is and just go looking through that, you could be there for fucking hours. You could be there forever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they have a huge selection of back issues. But if you can't find something you're looking for that's not, like, overly popular... They probably you know, have it somewhere yeah. in one of oh, their yeah. warehouses or in, like, their storage or some shit. So what about our picks for 90s? Enough about at-free advertising for Mile High Comics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what Sponsor about us! Yeah, yeah they never will, but... Uh, Wild, Wild West Comics... Wild, no, what? Yeah, Wild right? West. Wild West, yep, there are there yep. are unofficial bros. I got to thank them for that awesome comic book I won. That was... <clears throat> yeah, we did a little contest during the Wyoming Pop Culture Con. It looks like they set a date for next year. Oh, saw That's, that, yeah. Um, yep. It was like then, April something. But yeah. we did a little... Uh, what was it, trivia? Yeah, yeah it was trivia. trivia. We did some trivia and gave away a comic, and Aaron was the one that won. And I guess I sat down right after they posted it on on the in the comments set, section there, and <laughs> and he gave him a ten dollar credit for whatever he had available at the con. Um, it says there's no sound. Okay. Well, we're working on it. Technical uh, difficulties. Just a minute ago. So what up, Justine? Oh, all right. But yeah, uh, we're I'm recording this. So oh, I see it is not recording any sound. Oh no! But it is recording on the mixer. Yeah. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Well, anyway, like we said, uh, we're gonna get into our picks for like some of our favorite runs in the '90s, and I think we should start with Aaron. What's your first? Actually, pick? before we do that, let's make sure we're live and we can. Okay. Now we can now see that I changed the subject and got us back on track. We are <laughs> off track. Okay, there's some sound coming through now on this side. Yay. Okay. Nice short bill. Okay. Sure. Wu Tang forever. A shirt. Wu Tang. Wu Tang. So yeah, I don't know if they can hear us. Carry carry on and I'm gonna screw around. Who wants to go? Oh. Oh yeah, go to the well, 
seeing as how, you know, I didn't bring anything with me, and there is one that I, I, I've been a Spider-Man and a Wolverine fan since I was a kid, I, right. for the Marvel side. And Maximum Carnage um, had to be in one of my f- favorite Spider-Man runs. Right. You know, you were introduced to so many different characters. Yes. So this was my pick. <laughs> Very nice. So, so hold that up for the... Oh, he did. You're a step behind, bud. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're in your phone, and he was already on well, it. I was trying to look up Maximum Carnage. Okay, keep going. Well, you know, it, it introduced you to so many different characters. You had Cloak and Dagger. Mm-hmm. Um Venom. I kind of knew them from other Spider-Man yeah. stuff, but and they got a TV show too, which actually wasn't bad. Yeah, I thought that one was pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get you get to see Venom actually finally come into you know his own as being a vigilante slash good guy. Right. You know, he'd been Spider-Man's you know nemesis, nemesis mm-hmm. from the get-go until that point, and and then you know Carnage just was amazing. He wasn't Scarlet Spider a part of that too? Uh no, wasn't that was a little bit before him. Yeah. I think that I was I thought they all teamed up to fight Carnage at some point. I think like that might have been Spider-Man, Venom and Scarlet Spider. That was later on. It might actually have been Maximum Carnage too, but that was before yeah. the clones hmm. happened. Okay. Cuz yeah, I know I do know that one of the, a couple of the issues you had to get the cloak and dagger issues to mm-hmm. be able to actually know what was going on. Right. Thank you, Justine. Yep. Sorry about hollow, the uh, hello, Justine, and, and uh, technical difficulties there, but t- 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 hello, t- t- technical. But we're talking Spill. about our get favorite. your shit together, man. Let's yeah, dude, for real. <laughs> so we're talking about our favorite runs in the '90s. Some and, of our and, favorite ones, and both Aaron and I's pick was uh, Maximum Max- Carnage. Oh, Agree. And the, yeah, so many great characters. Yeah. And what I really like, especially because the Spider-Man Venom beef is. They have to work together. Yeah. And, and they and they don't like it. It's the yin and yang, and they're fighting each other, but then they're coming together for this greater good, greater cause. Yeah, and it, it just... And after that, you know, he went on to do his own thing because didn't Lethal Protector come out right after that run? Yeah. Yeah. When he, yeah. Well, and that's what the first that's film was. probably another one of your on. picks, huh? Um, not... No, I think this one trumps it. Because this was one that I read back in the day. Yeah. You know, the ones that I said I regretted reading. This is one that I did. Um, and didn't wh- regret that you did read. Correct. I did read this one was the few that I did. And it's kind of laid a foundation for what I like now. And also it, with what I collect kind of monetarily, I have a good amount of keys in that area, especially when we're talking carnage. I have the first appearance of carnage. Ooh, that's the first, issue. a few of those are some pretty, uh, value, value. keys, mm-hmm. at least 20, $50. So as far as my, where the worth in my collection is, it's around there. So not only is it nostalgic, but it's financially valuable for me. And I love, I love all the characters. Right. Well, and yeah, because just some of, like, with Cloak and Dagger, they're, I had to go, go and look them up after right. that because I was like, who who is this weird guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulled Cloak just and things Dagger's out of nowhere. Cool. And that show was pretty damn good, too. Yeah. Well, you I, were a little bit behind today. <laughs> <laughs> we said that when he mentioned it, like, oh, five minutes ago. My it's bad. All, I think we were, we were focusing on the no sound. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, and that that was a good show. But then it led off into Carnage having his own thing because you know with the, the video game I believe it was on Super NES was it was Maximum actually, Carnage, yeah, yeah, and it was a very well done game. I think that's the only Spider-Man game that didn't have his name first. Now that I think about it, yeah, yeah, that comic that came with that is highly valuable too. That came with the game, there's yeah, 
Oh, wow. Uh, see, I had a Sega Genesis, so I never had the Super Nintendo. One of my buddies did. <laughs> or, or whatever one. I, I'm not sure what system it came with. Um, but I believe it was on the uh, Super NES. And then, was it all in a box or something? Yeah, it was in just a normal box. So if, you have, if you have like an unopened like box, holy shit, I bet that'd be worth some, yeah. some coin. Yeah. Not as much as the gold edition of Zelda. And you can grade <laughs> shit like that too. The, the they, yellow edition, yeah, not the gold. It was supposed to be gold. <laughs> you can grade shit like that too, like yeah. games. Yeah, like, I've, I've seen that on where those. they have them in like a a case, like, like those, like yeah, these, yeah, gangster shit. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I I can't say I actually read that Maximum Carnage. So so I kind of did a little bit leading up to it, and I don't know if I read it fresh now if i would like it as much because one of my biggest problems with some of the comics is rather than dealing with escalating plot lines which takes a lot of thought and planning planning to do it's just throwing in more characters Uh, so it's kind of a battle royale throwing in a bunch of characters through the whole time at you know it's right now it's just nostalgic for me and those are the reasons but now i don't like that but for some reason, this this works with me, and there's a lot of the, you know, you know, carnage is being, you know, almost like the natural born killers character and complete psychopath, Joker esque. Right. But that's how, as, funny you said that because dude from Natural Born Killers ends up playing him. Yeah. In Woody Harrelson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a perfect pick. I, yeah, I thought Woody did a phenomenal yes, job. He did. It just sucks how they did it. And also that it, that is in there so. too because is it a uh, scream or screech? Yeah, his girlfriend. Yeah. Screech yeah. is. In uh, the Maximum Carnage. Yeah, that's she, right. She is. She breaks out. That was that's... the first time we see her, I believe, mm-hmm. was in Maximum yeah. Carnage. Yeah, so and that, that's why the ultimate, this is the ultimate Sp- uh, Spider-Man Unlimited, number one, is, a, is a, one of those keys. That's why I grabbed number two here as I'm drinking beer. Yeah, <laughs> for safety. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, you say you have a little bit more. Well, I, got, I got, uh, I'm going to be passing around a lot, but. I've talked a lot about like the Age of Apocalypse, and that's like my favorite run. That was a good run, and and it's a not just like an X Men isolated thing. It was over the course of uh, like a bunch of different titles, and I'll show you a number one from each one of those. But the run, the oh. run that started it, uh, and uh, I think this was over a couple of different titles too. But this one was just Ooh, in we got X-Men. Legion. Ooh. was the um legion quest and that led into the age of apocalypse from magneto uh or no legion killing xavier and making himself not exist and then um yeah, crazy here that's when uh magneto had a change of heart it's before he's even magneto he's but he when he sees xavier die he abdu- he adopts his uh way of thinking and forms the x-men at the same time apocalypse uh when when apocalypse sees an opportunity so the first time that they fight him there's no the x-men aren't there to fight him and he eventually takes over like half the planet i remember that that one was a good fun read we got the first appearance of Legion. Now, didn't Children of the Atom come right after that or right before Age of Apocalypse? I, I don't remember. I don't know. 
I don't want to lie. <laughs> so while you're pulling up that one, uh, Three Wheel Bicycle Podcast said one of their favorite 90s comics was That Ultimate Warrior comic. Oh, nice. Oh, whoa. Ooh. Wow. So I'm not even sure what that one is, but what, you, you recognize it? I'm guessing it's the the, the wrestler, because I know yeah, a lot of wrestlers thing I could them, think of. And sports stars had them, too, so I wonder if that's what it was. Yeah, because Hulk Hogan, I think, had a couple of mm-hmm. them. And a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, at the uh, beginning of the Age of Apocalypse, Ooh. there was, uh, they. this is their, you know, when they do like a revamp or like one of these big events, they'll do a big issue to introduce you to everything, and this is that. And it's X-Men Alpha. You guys can check that out. It's a. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um. And that yeah, just WWF Ultimate Warriors is what yeah. I'm is what I'm, I'm pulling I was like, up. That's so. the only thing I could think of when you said Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> but that kicked off the Age of Apocalypse. It got you introduced to that universe, um, and then to every title to come. So. Which in, in ended up being a, an actual, it's one of the alternate universes that still exists in Marvel to this day. Right. Well, they turned it into a... Uh, it's a nice al- it wasn't an, It was an alternate like timeline at the yeah. time. But the, yeah, eventually they made it, designated it with the number. Yep. Um, and it's one of the universes in the multiverse. So then, like I said, each one of these titles... Um, are in the X-Men, like, line. But they're just but, different But you branches. have, okay, so they have, the names would change. So you have the uh, Astonishing X-Men. That was and a this is, group. This is, uh, yeah, the, so if you, as they pass around, just kind of look Hold at it there the, for a sec, please. the team. He's got a good shot of it, so. Yeah, and Magneto looks so dope in this universe. Like, I think a lot of the if, characters did. Yeah, yeah look at, uh, I mean. So Sabretooth like and Wildchild. Oh, Wildchild is a, oh, yeah. They, they, yeah. As them as a team, like I, cool. that was wow. I wish they would have done that in the regular universe. Oh, that would have been cool. And Colossus looked more badass to me. You know what I'm saying with the yeah, bandana. with the bandana and yeah. shit. Yeah. So that that's that one. If you guys want to. Well, and didn't uh, Magneto adopt the um, uh, white suit after this run? Well, that's or is that's it much later. later. Is it? Oh, okay. Um, then you have Factor X instead of X. X-Factor. So the names would change, you know what I mean? And then the teams are different. Look at the mm-hmm. team. Sure. And Factor X is actually uh, one of Apocalypse's teams. Since they're a government is... team, right? and he's the government. So they were Havoc in the background there? Oh, yeah. Havoc and Cyclops. If you notice, uh, Cyclops has a one missing eye. eye mm-hmm. Because him and... Wolverine, well, it, it's it's Logan, but it, they don't call him Wolverine. It's just Weapon X, and I'll, you'll see that here in a minute. That was almost one then, of my picks as far so as the, the Weapon X series. So then that the other, so you know how you have two X-Men teams? This is the Amazing X-Men, so this would have been... Uh, blue Team? Yeah. It was Blue Team and Gold Team. It's basically that. So that would have been Storm's team then, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, but the teams are all different. You'll notice that... She's got Banshee and Quicksilver that are in it. He's got a crazy flat top hairdo. It's like a comb over, but it goes outwards. (laughs) Banshee goes out like a fucking gangster. 
It's like one of the like tearjerker moments in the I whole. I remember thing. that actually. Yeah, trying to save Bishop and Storm actually. Um, then you have, of course, X Man. This is where he debuted. This is you know Nate Gray. Yeah, remember this that. Is the that's first time. That's what Cable would be if he didn't have the yep, uh, without the legacy. Yeah, virus. legacy virus. Which yeah, most that. of his mental power is holding it holding it in check right yeah. so without Nathan it he's is way stronger he's omega level yep. for damn sure and he's a bad well player. i mean look at who his parents are <laughs> he's one of the characters that crossed over after the event yep. ended so they like reset everything and fix it which i'll show you the issue that comes there and he then was cured with from the legacy virus and uh not correct Later on, well, he, because he was his powers. He's a he's out. a clone. So in this, he was okay. created in like a test tube, and he just never encountered the virus. Okay, you got to remember it's a different timeline. It starts way back before any X Men comics. Okay, uh, started. Um, so then you have Weapon X, and he's married to Jean Grey in this universe, and they kind of run solo. They're just not on. <laughs> They're not on it yet, isn't it? He looks really badass he in this feral. universe. Very feral. <laughs> Just his look, his fucking suit and everything. Is and, he missing a hand? Yep. And that's okay, so like that's I said, I Cyclops that. was missing an eye. Yeah. He's missing a hand because they had a fight before the like they do show you, but it happens before the story begins type thing. It's more of a flashback. But they have a fight, and Cyclops blasts his hand off, and Wolverine took his one eye. of Cyclops's eyes. Well, he's one of the few people that could actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> his body parts with the animanium. Yeah. Then you had Gambit and the Externals. Ooh, I um, like Gambit. This was one of my favorite ones, for sure. And by the way, I didn't get the chance to read all these when I was a kid. Like mostly, I got to read, like the X Men one. I think I had some. And it's Excalibur, not spelled with an E. e. Mm -hmm. Like uh, in this universe, it's spelled with just the X. And that's, of course, the the British branch of the X-Men. Psylocke's brother, Captain America. Like, or the European the branch. Yeah. Nightcrawler. So, yep. I always liked Nightcrawler. And I look, if you notice, he's fighting Angel. He's not Archangel in this universe. Mm -hmm. And never was. Oh, so he didn't become one of the uh, horsemen. Nope. 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 The horsemen are completely different people. You have like a Holocaust and Abyss and okay, like different guys that only existed in this universe. Okay, Havoc. Uh, Holocaust was this dude named Havoc. He was a mutant that could like absorb power or something like that, and then his body was destroyed, and then he exists in this like containment suit. Interesting. Yep. Then you have Generation Next, the young team of uh, the up-and-coming X-Men, usually run by, um, uh, isn't it, uh, what's the chick that's always wearing white? The White Queen. Yep. Queen Frost? Uh, Emma Frost. Yeah, Emma she Frost. usually run? Uh, Generation Next, yeah she, had, yeah, she had them before... Whatever uh, the team is, way before the team she had. Arrow. Well, doesn't she that, currently? Arrow, that's what I'm getting confused. And, and that's Arrow. and if you notice, you got fucking look how badass fucking Colossus looks. Mm -hmm. I mean, Colossus has always been kind of a beast. Yeah. Well, he goes out 
kind of crazy. I mean, a lot of people die. A in this. lot of people die. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people it's died. Not a, a lot of Marvel because stuff. Apocalypse is running shit like uh, Hitler did. So I mean, he they do what they call callings, and you just see mountains of bodies of like mm. humans and they're thinning the herds. Oh, your and, dog's and, well, having and, a nightmare. Well, not yeah. just that, He's, but it's survival of the fittest. It's always Apocalypse's thing, and it's like if like you aren't man, I guess if you aren't fit to survive, then bye. Yep. Only the strongest. And he would survive. he would consider humans to be the, the weak. And then almost this, superior. There are four issues of each of these. They also did universe or X universe, and this is uh, what the non mutant characters cover. are doing. And this was only like two issues. Is that a Hulk on the cover of that? Yep. What color is he? He's gray. Great. Oh, so it's Joe. It's a different. Is that Joe Fit? No. No. Yeah, he had a version where he was great. Matter of fact, the original Hulk was great. Right. So this is just what, like, so the human heroes are doing, and a lot of them aren't what you would expect. Like, uh, Tony Stark isn't Iron Man. He's just leading, like, a resistance or, like, trying to keep people alive. Like, lead, like the Underground Railroad type stuff. It was a good run. I remember it. I didn't read all of it, but I did read a lot so, of it. So, yeah, this entire event lasted four months, so there's four issues of each of those. And then um, as it went on. And then the f big finale was um, X-Men Omega when X-Men and the big battle goes down and then they reset the universe, or X-Men does. It's a dope cover. Oh, nice and shiny. It's a little difficult to see on the screen, but you've got yeah, Magneto, nice. and he's got like his hair long underneath. His, it's coming underneath the helmet. Yeah, and he's married to Rogue in this universe, mm. and he can create that... a magnetic field around him right on his skin so he can touch her. I remember that and as they well. can uh, kiss and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there was a Rogue-esque character in... Um, Legion, the TV show Legion. So he got and to he, clap the unclappable cheeks. He did it by creating an alternate universe where they could touch. So it was just all like in their in his yeah. in his mind. Which they said for the most part it always was with her anyway. Yeah, I think she could have controlled that if she eventually yeah, if she got the right training. Mm -hmm. And then after that, when the universe reset, then you know this is when shit kicked back off, and you have X Men Prime. I miss I Bishop looking that way. Yep. Yeah, he and looked he, pretty. By the way, he was the only character that jumped over when the universe got fucked up because he was already a man out of time. Mm -hmm. So when the times when the timeline fucked up, he retained his memory with amnesia, so he slowly like remembered everything. And they've talked about that kind of being. Uh, they don't know if it's a power or not, but hereditary. From, for him being the great-grandson of Gateway. Mm. The, oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, the Aborigine dude that opens portals for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So, honestly, when I found that out, it really helped me to to voice, you know what I mean? Because it's like, all right, he's got a more American voice, but it still has little twangs of, of uh, you know, of, from uh, Australia. So... Speaking of Bishop, he's a big reason, a big part of their strategy to win, right, obviously, because they slowly figure out that he's telling the truth and not just a crazy person. Because at first they think he's nuts, 
Well, of course, any time you traveler know, would appear to because be because his well, yeah, his memory is scattered and shit, so he just sounds like a crazy person. Well, and that's but, the uh, basis of any time traveler. But mm-hmm. so when Banshee sacrifices himself, he's in a uh, apocalypse. Has taken Jamie Madrox prisoner, the multiple man, multiple and he, man. he creates a church of acolytes. You know the like that worship him, mm-hmm. and they're all copies of Jamie Madrox. And they yeah, he's the guy that hits himself and multiplies, yep. right? So, Depending so on how they he have. Um, he's the leader X Factor now. Yeah, they have. Oh, interesting. They have that. a bishop. Um, captive, and so yeah, Storm and Banshee go in to save him, and that's one of the Horsemen of Apocalypse Abyss is there, and. Banshee sacrifices himself, uh, killing Abyss, so they can get away. And then they kill, because Jamie Madrox is in his cell, and you know when he multiplies, he gets dumber as it happens. So he's basically a baby. Well, like, I think that that was only in that universe because he doesn't lose his mental faculties in regular, or at least he doesn't anymore. Well, he did back in the day, and but at that time he he does and. He's a simpleton in the cell, and he's like, "Kill me, please!" Like, so they end up killing him and destroying all the Copy. uh, the copies, and they're they able the to get away. And- That's one of the ones that I read uh, when I was a kid, and I was like, "Damn, this shit's badass." So uh, uh, on the chat here, uh, Three Wheel Bicycle Podcast mentioned the Swamp Thing comics were really dope. Yeah, but the, not necessarily '90s. That's one that I've always wanted to read. The newer I've got a run. couple. On the shelf that uh, one of my favorite writers, Ram V, has been was one of the last series was writing Swamp Thing, and I've got uh, yeah, Swamp the, Thing the, Green Hell kind of the, which was a Jeff Lemire a three issue one of the, like the magazine style comics that I've got in the queue. And that was an early TV show. I think it was a movie first, and then it got a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I thought that TV show was pretty good. It was very good. Well, yeah. it got a bum ending. Here's though. something that's pretty cool in the newer run. Um, of Swamp Thing, it goes along and then it ties into Suicide Squad because Waller, Amanda Waller, mm-hmm. she wants to use Swamp Thing as one of her, as yeah. part of the. Well, yeah, because he's one and, of the strongest. But th- what a yeah. fucking loony idea to do that! I mean, he's one of the most powerful. powerful. Yeah, he controls the Greens all over yeah. the planet. entire planet. <laughs> yeah, so to try to control that, you're fucking crazy. Yeah, she's also tried to control Superman before. So yeah. this she's is Waller, kinda, all right. She does she's have kind of dumb. She does have Superboy working for her in that run. That's probably because she told him, you know, a bunch of stupid shit. And he well, she's got it. him captive. You had me read that, start that one, I remember. It's fucking really good. Like, all that, that shit's run. really good. It was right before, like, Norse. Yep. But... See, I've always thought Amanda Waller was just kind of special. Yeah, she's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's she's she's, <laughs> she's the next Lex, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, she's like yeah. the female Lex. But trying to... The less rich Lex. But, but try... she does it for... She has a good reason. But trying to control Swamp Thing is, like, insane. He's a force of nature. Yeah. Literally a force of yeah. nature. Well, It and, sounds like her. And the Swamp Thing lines actually spawned one of my favorite DC characters, John Constantine. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yep, yep. yep. I knew we had you on the show for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Hell, hell, what was it? Hell, it's hell, Hellraiser. Something. It's not Hellraiser. Blazer. Hell, Blazer. Yeah, Hellblazer. Yeah, Hellblazer. Yeah. I that think was, I have a couple well, of those that issues. That was one of the issues I that was, uh, there was a CBR article about the 20 comics that you must read. 
Um, that's what I kind of refreshed, kind of get my the juices going. And that was one of the picks that that was a must read from the '90s. Very nice. Also, like Preacher was one. Uh, another one that didn't make the list, which is one I actually read, was the Death and Resurrection of Superman. See, so we're going to talk about. I was going to bring that up because that happens to be my favorite Superman line. Because really, I'm, I've never super. I've never really liked. It Superman, is a good one. Watching him die, and then the fact that all these sub level characters. We're trying to help fill the the, yeah, the void, but, the gap. But it also introduces one of my favorite uh, Green Lanterns, which he never gets any love, Guy Gardner. Oh, um, God, oh yeah. Well, he's uh, not a Green Lantern in that run. But he is because he takes... He, well, he's got the yellow ring. No, he still has a yeah, green no, ring because he takes yellow, on... Um, it's the yellow one. Trust me. I've read that one a shitload. He's got a yellow ring and he's just going by Guy Gardner. Because I know in the, run, in the run when he's fighting um, Doomsday, he is in his standard green lantern um outfit that he's always been in with the bowl hair where he's using the yellow ring look it up somebody's got to look that one up trust yeah, me i thought it was green too yeah because if i'm wrong i don't remember trust yeah. me I we got it we got to. we have I gotta to say, I right. say we have the power in our I, I so, got, so while you're looking up do we want to go to the next say, one well i gotta say about that run in particular uh or that event um it's one of the most well-paced superman stories period and it, it's another one that took place over a bunch of different it, titles. It, it also was one of those crossover events, like at the time, yeah, collecting. It was, you're buying, it went from, oh, I was reading one Superman, oh, now there's like Multiple, four issues, yeah. and you're buying four comics at a week, so it really kind of pushed. Yeah. And what was good about the story, but what was bad for the industry is that it really perpetuated the bubble and the bursting of the bubble well, and the greed. What, do you know what it was? Uh, it was a direct reaction to like Spawn and Image. They were like, "We got to do something." Oh, big. we know what it is. Yeah, we but, know yeah. the reason. Yeah. But and Spawn was so but great. That, but that but was I get that's, what you're the, saying that's that. the symptom. But that but that mentality kind of perpetuated it. I think what they did writing wise was was good, um, and it was a good move. And especially as far as how comics are written now, um, you know. It, but it did change things quite a bit, and I think it tr it broke things and. I, and it came at a cost because everybody else then followed suit. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they all had to. They were losing money. Yeah, but, but I think Superman they did. was the biggest character. Like, that was the character that you never thought was going to die, no matter what you thought of Superman. Well, it but, wasn't but, a bad movie either it, it, because after, in the aftermath of that, then you got characters like Steel and, like, all the people that tried to fill the void and be the new Superman. Yeah, the the, the boy, Superboy came out, mm -hmm. the the. the the that man of steel, the, the black yeah. that, guy, that uh, steel, steel. Yeah. and then uh, the evil the robot, you know, that well, we later becomes the evil guy. Um, there's one other one. Was that a girl? No. no, it was it was the one. It was like the Eradicator. Tech, yeah, which technically was no, no, the one that looked like he was Superman. They had the black suit on. Yeah, they that, called him the Eradicator, right? But, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Um, but he turned out to be, I think he was like a robot, too, but it was a, like a, a flesh robot that was because he knew what that Clark wasn't dead and he was just trying to buy enough time for him to heal. The pace of that story is so smooth because you get it like right away it starts with action because you have Doomsday punching out of the underground facility mm -hmm. that he's that little bird sitting he's on the dig, hill. Yep. <laughs> and he's digging his way up out and then as soon as he comes up out of the ground he starts by killing this deer. Yep. That's just standing there and then begins his rampage. rampage and 
it's that slowly ramps up until the Justice League starts showing up, and then he wrecks everybody them so badly. He slams uh, Blue Beetles or no, uh, Booster Gold's head in this car door a bunch of times. That's right. I forgot Booster Gold was like in that fu- fight. like fucks all of them up really oh, yeah. bad until he gets to Metropolis, and then and then. Well, it's before he gets to Metropolis because then Superman eventually shows up and that's when their fight starts. And then they fight across the United States. Their whole fight Mm -hmm. takes place across the entire continent. And then they end up in Metropolis by the end. Yeah. And that's when they kill each other with like one punch. It's fucking... final blow, they both hit each other at the same time, I think. Yeah, and like everybody's just watching them and they're like hammering each other with punches. And it's shattering windows you know, on buildings around them as as they hit each other. Just the shock waves of their punches. It's a badass fucking story. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I definitely agree it was a good story. And I had lost all faith in DC at that point in time. But I agree with Bill that it did set a very dangerous precedent. At oh, that yeah, time. sure. Because then you're having to one-up shit. Yeah. And, and, then, yeah, and yeah. if they didn't focus on the one-up as far as, like, the death... The elevation of that conflict. Because then you know, that's, that's what was the that's when uh, what's his face broke Batman. Yeah, attack. Bane and oh, yep. Nightfall. That's another yeah. fucking great. And, run. No, but that was a great run. Yeah, great run too. And who else did they? Uh, Marvel had to off a few people too, didn't they? Like they had to. Yeah, uh, we start a civil uh, war. Yeah. Oh no, I think that was that was a bunch we of got, civilians. We got a, We got a. Right. Well, since since uh, you brought that up, um, yeah, they ended up killing Tony Stark. And uh, that's when he oh, originally that one. made the war machine armor. Oh, I might have sold you that one. Yes, know. you did. You did. Because <laughs> uh, this is one of the ones that this run I had lost uh, in my uh, storage unit. But anyway, uh, so right before we knew he was sick, we knew Tony was st- sick. And he was fighting these uh, samurai that his conventional Iron Man weapon or his, his technical Iron Man weapons weren't working on. So like, let me show that one more time to Cam. While you're, yeah, it was none of none of uh, his repulsors uh, or any of his laser powered weapons were working on them at all. So he made the, uh, I forgot what the technical designation is before they start started calling it War Machine. But oh it, right, the number. Yeah, well no, it doesn't even have a number. It's like the, and it's got one of them long ass names like extensive battle something something suit. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, but he originally made. He knew he was dying, so he made that one specifically. For Rhodey. Yeah, I gotta pee real quick. And then uh Rhodey ended up taking over Stark Industries. And basically Tony was in a coma for like a year and then he came back. And when he came back, of course, Rhodey was pissed because he was like, I'm your best friend. You trust me to run your company, but you don't trust me to tell me that, you know, you're in a healing vat, you know what I mean, trying to bring yourself together. And he was really pissed at him for it. Uh and then uh, he was doing like missions that Tony didn't didn't agree with. He was like, "You gave me this suit. It's my suit. I'll do with it what I want to." Yeah. Freaking Tony hit a button and it shut it down. And you got to think the Iron Man armors weigh about five hundred pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you, you got a two hundred and twenty pound person in there when all the technic all the technology is thrown off. And Tony was like, "I didn't want to have to do that, but you weren't listening." And Rhodey punched him with the armor. You know what I mean? Being off and then took it off was like. Basically, because, you know, they don't curse in Marvel. You know they they, want to, though. (laughs) Basically, they used all the weird letters. It was like, fuck you, I don't need it anymore, and took off. But that was a great run because it introduced my favorite character, one of my favorite Marvel characters, which is War Machine. And, again, Rhodey has worn Iron Man armor before, 
ever since there's been an Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, but for him to have his own armor, uh, and he was one of the few new black superheroes that came around at the time. Because you got to think, a lot of black superheroes were from Africa. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, I can't get up. Yeah, I'm not from Africa. So I, I couldn't I couldn't connect with him. So Luke Cage was another big one for me. I like uh, I liked him. I loved Luke Cage, which is why I was so glad it got a TV show. But his power set was something that, as an inner city kid, he had super strength. He was basically uh, level four, which is he could max out at 10 tons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, level four strength, and he was bulletproof. Those are things you need when you live in the inner city. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, I could get a, I would love to have those powers. So that one was big for me. Um, but we're going to get into probably my favorite run in all of comic book history, and that is Rob Liefeld's run on X-Force. X-Force. I remember that line. Oh, my goodness. First and foremost, in the 90s, the the, the artwork that you got on the cover wasn't always going to be what you were getting on the inside. So to see dope-ass covers like this every month and the same art on the inside, that was, that was rare. Uh, matter of fact... Honestly, in that time frame, I really only remember two books at the time that I was reading because I know Todd McFarlane was still there at the time. But uh, Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld were my two favorites. So Jim Lee's run on the X-Men and Rob Liefeld's run, which we got a bunch of excellent characters. This is when Cable was introduced a little couple episodes before or issues before in New Mutants before they took the name. But they were a lot more military based than any of the other X-Men teams. Uh, we got Cable, Domino, Deadpool, uh, yeah. and Deadpool, like, that was before he was an anti-hero. He was just a bad guy. He was the merc with the mouth. He still had jokes, but he fought. Like, yeah, he whipped he whipped half of their asses when Cable wasn't there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of course, the whole team, they beat the shit out of him. But the fact that, you know, like, I got into it because uh, New Mutants 11 has Deadpool on the cover fighting Shatterstar and Domino and beating him up, and I thought it was an alternate universe Spider-Man. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, a Spider-Man with, with swords and guns? What is going on? Uh, so I, I bought that one because of that cover, put it on my wall, and one day, I, I think this point, I was like 12 or 13, maybe even 14, and you know, you don't, you're not really playing with toys yeah. anymore. I beat all my games. It was a Sunday. It was raining. Nothing was on TV because we'd have 100,000 channels and no internet. You know what I mean? It was 1993. You had four channels. Yeah. And I pulled it off the wall and I read it and ran to the store, you know, in the rain from the 7-Eleven where I got it from and got the next ones because, you know, I didn't know at this point that, you know, comics continued on. And it just ended up being a very cool run, which got me into a lot of the more, a lot of the other X-Team stories. And crossed over into this which is one of my favorite series i have all the single issues of that uh this is the executioner song uh you find out a lot more about cable's backstory that was only hinted at before in new mutants but it comes out in here you find out who strife is um this was just a really cool book had an ending that no one no one was expecting and as far as crossovers go for x-men only this was x-men both it was a X Factor, X. A bunch of titles were a part of that again. Yeah. And that Some was of like them had holograms on the cover, right? A little, no. a little, or a nope. little. No. We're getting to that. After, after the Executioner song, they went on for about four months, which each, uh, each book, and then it got into the next X Men only crossover, which is probably, 
I'll say I liked it a little bit better than Executioner's song, and that was Fatal Attractions. And like anybody that, oh, that yeah. remembers Fatal Attractions, that was when they decided that they were going to have Magneto pull the animanium uh -huh. out of Wolverine's uh, off of his bones, which means uh -huh. it had to come through his pores. And they did such a good job. Great job. Now, one of the things when you were talking about Bishop, Bishop had a really big role in that, uh, at least in that issue where that happened, because the whole big problem was uh, cities were going through this racial thing, which was fitting at the time because it was around the time of like Rodney King riots and all yeah. stuff like that. Um, so they were regular humans were persecute mutants because you got to think not all mutants have a power some of them just might have a vestigial tail or yeah. they might have fins you know what i mean so they can't fight for themselves and they also can't hide you know what uh, I mean? exactly like if, if you have blue skin you can't hide if that's not one of your powers so a lot of mutants were getting beat up and killed on the streets so magneto was like all right i'm done with this i've got asteroid m we're going to all all the mutants are going to go you know what i mean yeah. separate but equal you know what i mean which is what magneto and professor x were made on uh, Malcolm X and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. So he was like, fuck it. You keep Earth, we'll have our planet. Don't fuck with us. You know what I mean? We're not messing with y'all. Y'all don't mess with, mess with us. Get on about your lives. And eventually they do it with Kakora. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They eventually... Way down the line, yeah. But, but at, at this point, uh, of course, Professor X wasn't down with that. And, and this is one of the times I honestly thought Professor X was wrong. Like, hey, he's not taking them all. He's taking the ones that voluntarily yeah, want to go. go. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't trying to mind. You know what I mean? We're going to go rob banks and stuff like this. It's like, I already got the place. Come with me. You'll be safe. Mm. And Xavier was like, nah, don't do it. Don't do it. And he came to uh, uh, the X-Mansion, used his ma his magnetic powers were at an all-time high in the books. They were getting real yeah. creative with them. So like, because of the iron in your blood, yeah. he was keeping them from moving. So he had the... Every X team, junior, senior, you know what I mean? Every mutant that was that was there couldn't move. Well, the cool thing about that is Bishop's power is... Uh, to absorb energy. Absorb energy. So the entire time, and this was going on for a whole book, and you weren't even looking at that fact that this was happening, you know what I mean? And you can see it when you go back and read it now. But anyway, Bishop's absorbing all this energy that Magneto's using to keep all the mutants down. Oh, shit. <laughs> Him and Professor X are having this freaking monologue, and I think he pushed his little card out the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it pissed off Wolverine, and by this time, Wolverine, of course, noticed that Bishop was uh, doing all this energy. He's like, well, what's going to happen? He's like, well, at some point, I'm going to just burst. I can't hold this much. You know what I mean? And I'm not in control of what I want to do with it. So he burst. Of course, that knocked everybody out the way, and that freed Wolverine, and Wolverine went and freaking cut Magneto. Yeah, Magneto right, on his armor. on his back. No, it was in the front. I thought he got his uh -uh. back. It was in the front. So it went through his armor because he had like his purple <clears throat> and burgundy armor, and it went through his armor, and he was like, "Oh, you really were going to kill me?" And I think he was. Like yeah. Wolverine oh, yeah. really was going. To, he just missed. You know what I mean? Which doesn't like, happen very often, <laughs> right? And he was like, "You were really going to kill me?" This, you know what I mean? You believe so much in his thought process that you'd kill one of your own mutant brethren, and he was like, "Fuck that! I'm out." Yeah, and. Pulled the animanium out of him and... Damn near killed him. Yeah. Fucking Jean Grey and Professor X had to hold his body together psionically. Yeah. You know what I mean? To keep him from dying. And then it was a long process to get him back yep. to... He went feral. His, his claws used to hurt every time he would pop them uh -huh. out because they were bone and they were constantly trying to reheal. Those were just two, you know, fatal attractions. That was a good And line. that's yeah. when Xavier wiped... Magneto's mind, and that's Which where you onslaught. onslaught. Yep. Yeah. So, so many great things happened in those stories, 
And this is all, you know what I mean, 92 through 95. And that was one of my favorite eras. Uh, of course, I have been very Marvel heavy because that's what got me into it. But around 95, 96. I have that issue. A lot, a, of, uh, cards. a lot of artists from both, in, uh, both Marvel and DC decided they were tired of the companies trying to own their characters, not paying them enough for them, doing all kind of crazy not shit. Not getting any credit on the books either. Yeah, so artists like my favorite Jim Lee, my other favorite Rob Liefeld, uh, oh boy that does Spider-Man. Todd McFarlane. Todd uh, McFarlane. I have that with me. There uh, were a... Right before... Oh, all right, yeah. Right, right before Image kicked off, uh, Todd started this run. Which was awesome. Uh, he only got he only run. did fifteen issues of it before they left, and began Image. But this is what he was doing right before, and this was when they gave him his own title, uh, finally because he was drawing for Spider Man before this. Yeah, I think he was doing spectacular. Um, but he also he wanted to do shit like have like Spider Man's web come out of the panel, or you know have his fingers out mm -hmm. breaking the panel, and like they were really. Like over his shoulder and like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No. And he was like, man, fuck this. So, yeah. So they so all then, started there. So own. then when you look at Spawn and then you see a ton mm -hmm. of that, of like Spawn. shit coming out of the panels and, you know. Well, there's a lot more fourth wall breaks in Image as well. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and they weren't afraid to use real places. You know what I mean? Like they use real places in Marvel, but you didn't see like. Because they didn't want to do the all the license, licensing, so yeah. if there was a TV show on Image, it was an actual TV. You know, it'd be like TMZ yeah. and whoever was the you know the anchor. Like yeah. they would really go out to make you believe this was really happening in the real world as you're reading it, and I really like that. Right. But plus, I think when the, when the artists own the characters too, you know, you because you had a, a lot of these were artists that weren't allowed to write. They were just, hey, you draw, we've got the panel, stupid. You know what I mean? We got right, the storyline. Right. So you have all of these artists that had their own characters, and they had control of their characters. So I think those image books, especially early image, early image so Spawn, Savage Dragon, Wildcats, um, Youngblood, they were so much better stories because the artists cared about them because they yeah. owned them. These are our characters. I get to do what I want to. If I want to kill a character, I fucking can. You know what I mean? And and there was a lot of stuff that was taboo to do in other places that was right there. They didn't have that comics code, which at the time I didn't realize DC and Marvel put that code on themselves. It wasn't a separate company. Yeah, self censorship. Oh, really? Yeah, they were. See, I didn't know that. Yep. It's a from like the it's a, that shit started in the eighties. Yeah, it's like people, you know, the self censorship, and then they well, would because they were like you comics are satanic and the blood and, 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 and Dracula and stuff like yeah they yeah. it was like we can't do that anymore but yeah but they did it they did that themselves it wasn't like somebody told them they had to it was so during at the time like, it was a smart move during like uh, comics like this you when you did see blood it would be black or brown yeah right or it colorless was, yeah it was never it was never red i want to go back real quick to something you're saying about spawn and like drawing outside the frame mm -hmm. um a modern comic gideon falls this is one of my favorites that takes it to a completely different level like it spins off the page uh that's cool Ariane, um adrena against uh, sorrentino can't mm -hmm. say his name but like the art is just amazing i'm trying to find a good panel but it, it like, 
if you can see oh, it here. Oh, very nice. So it's this geometric shape, and every panel is it, and it's like the reality is falling apart, and it, he uses the art and the framework to, to do that. To accentuate that. And it's like this beautiful masterpiece of just this falling apart, and of a modern comic, how it takes that to this next level is like one of my favorite all time, but this is a modern comic. This is not 90s. Yeah. But I had I had to mention that. Yeah, it's good to do that before you forget. <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to say uh, while we're on this. So a lot of my favorite runs uh, from the 90s ended up getting their own shows. So X-Men had its own show. Wildcats had its own show. And these were like Saturday morning cartoons. You know what I mean? That's like all of these you, you can watch, like all of the X-Men ones are on Disney Plus, but Wildcats is on one of the free ones, like Freebie. There was another Wildcats. Remember the cats that flew the jet? Yeah. Yeah. I like that, that one. Was SWAT, that was SWAT Cats. Or SWAT yeah. Cats. Yeah. That's a SWAT fucking cats. dope ass show. It was. Yeah. Came on right after uh I love that. <laughs> I love oh, Heathcliff. <laughs> Dude, SWAT Cats was sick because they like built that jet out of spare parts and they were they were janitors like, or Yeah. 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 It was a badass show. Nice. Now, didn't we get Grifter in from the Wildcats? Yes, Grifter is now part of DC. And honestly, uh, funny you should bring that up. Uh, thank you for that. Um, Grifter's actually the dude with the blonde yeah. hair and the red mask. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, he got moved over to DC. DC. Yeah, um, but I just somebody had posted, uh, and I don't think it was in one of our groups, but one of the many comic book groups that I follow, our pages, I should say, and they posted a Team 7 photo. And I had forgotten about Team 7 wow. and, excuse me, Gen 13. So there were a lot of characters from different runs in the Marvel Universe that different people own the individual characters, but they decided to have them have a similar backstory. They were like these military people who they had uh, run tests on for the, the superpower gene and all of them were already gangster at being military you know what i mean but they all had these powers but they didn't use them often because they were slowly killing them you know what i mean um so there's a gen 7 backstory book that i didn't even know about that i just ordered from uh what's the comic place well uh midtown midtown just ordered that entire run from midtown uh actually two of them because there were two like seven issue runs from the 90s and then there was one after they pulled it over into the dc after the new 52 so i got all those i'm waiting for those to come in now but don't forget silverhawk oh yeah silverhawks were awesome silverhawks and thundercats were both from the same no not silver not the cartoon i'm talking about it's one of the image comics it was oh shadowhawk shadowhawk oh, why yeah. do i keep fucking these names up? <laughs> you know what i'm talking yeah shadow shadowhawk was different that was a crazy yeah. one yeah a matter of fact, I think it's one it's of the things one, they did with Red. It's Red one Hulk of the, uh, I guess it's not very consistent. Like the guy wasn't. No, they, he's, they, they, he's they were one four of the, epi they were four issue things. Yeah, yeah, and he wasn't wasn't always one he. of the better people at Image. I guess. I mean, and I guess the story oh, wrote it. The story was lacking, I guess, too, compared to like something like Spawn. Uh, it was different. You know what I mean? I don't remember exactly what his problem was because Rob Liefeld was the one that was get, causing the most problem. I think he was the person that got kicked out first. Because he drew tiny feet. Well, no, because he was like... <laughs> he, was, he was just a dick. He was, like, he was like most rock stars were. He was I mean? notoriously bad about not being consistent, too. That, yeah, his, his time, his dates. He got that rock star mentality. He did. But, I mean, he hung out. Like, I follow him on IG, and he was posting pictures with, like, Easy e at, uh, was it, Club 66, 54? Oh, 
You know what I mean? I was like, holy shit, you were really, you know what I mean? Well, so, they were like driving Lambos and yeah, shit. They, they were, were ro- they a, were yeah. rock stores. Yeah. Like. Well, they made bank when they first threw everything yeah. out there. Spawn but, the, but the Shadow Cat story, Shadow, see, I'm fucking it up too. Shadow, Shadow Hawk story, they were four issues, and a lot of them were late, but like, and you had to figure out who it was. So they'd give you like four different people, and you had to figure out which person it was. And then by the end of the fourth one, they would let you know. And then the fourth, the first one was a guy that ended up having AIDS. So we knew what once they told you it was him, it was like, well, all right, he was gonna die anyway. <laughs> it was a very Batman vigilante, vigilante type character. Yeah, it's like Wolverine mixed with Batman. Batman, yeah, he wouldn't kill them, but he was breaking their backs and leaving them, you know, where they couldn't. Uh, but so the first one ended up being this black dude that had AIDS, so he died. And then you had to figure out who it was the second time. And I think it was a chick the second time. Huh. And then I don't remember how she gave it up or passed it on. But by the time it was the, the third one, it was somebody else. And then it started being a lore that this was a thing, like how they've done the Batman thing or the different spawns in the yeah. past. There had been shadow hawks, shadow hawks from like five, six hundred years past. And it was like a avatar. Thing well, kind of like, like yeah, kind of like uh, he also looks like fucking uh, Black Panther. Kind of. It's kind of like that. But yeah, I, I actually liked him. At least the first two runs. And because of the he timing. He looks cool as fuck. Yeah. But by the time it got to the third one, I'd lost interest. But it, I, it was, I, to this day, I, I, I have a bunch runs. of it. I just haven't read it. I like Savage Dragon as well. I grew into Savage Dragon. I didn't like, because he looked too Hulk to me. But his story was so much different and so much doper. And it was in Chicago. So I was another inner and city And he still, like, he hasn't changed the story. Nope. He hasn't revamped it or done anything. He's just been same with Spawn. He's just kept it going. Yeah, same with Spawn. Those, I think those are the longest two running from that time frame to never have stopped. Savage Dragon was cool, and they did a crossover with uh, Ninja Turtles at one time with yep. them. I've right. got it. Yeah, I have it. That shit's badass. I want it. I love <laughs> Ninja Turtles. <laughs> they, they sold a action figure set, so I got like a Savage Dragon one with a Ninja Turtle, right? And then it came with. Uh, this mini comic. Oh yeah. I wish I still had it. It'd probably be uh, worth something now. Right. But uh, it came and it had a little crossover story with them in it. I know the ones that you got from Pizza Hut. Um, when they did that little promotional run, are worth a pretty penny right now. I remember that I was in Japan for it, so I didn't get a chance to get any of those. But I remember it. Yeah. So uh, who's next? So am I next or Aaron? Uh, you would be. He next. went first. Yeah, I went first. Oh yeah, I haven't done with. We've gone an hour, and we've only gone through one pick. <laughs> so this is one of my all-time favorite comics as well, and I grabbed the cover that is probably the most likely to get banned on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't Sandman. look like No, it does not look like a JJ at all. It's a flower with a pen. It's an upside-down one, even if it wasn't. Don't kill us, ladies. This is one of the most epic comics of all time. This is all black and white and anodated. (coughs) It kind of gives the descriptions, but it's epic, uh, dealing with kind of Neil Gaiman, dealing with gods, and uh, like the Lord of Dreams gets kidnapped. And once he's kidnapped, everyone stops dreaming across the world. People stop sleeping and going insane. Um, and, and this was all because a man lost his uh, son at war and was trying to bring him back. This necromancer was trying to capture death, but mistakenly grabbed the Lord of Dreams instead. 
and was held capture and he stole like his mask which allows him to kind of and his cane and uh, it was a jewel a jewel yeah and his uh, bag of sand and the little the, the mask token thing that it almost looks like some weird kind of mosquito or whatever but um <laughs> but over the course you you see the different characters and one of the best characters in there is is death um and when neil gaiman wrote gaiman wrote he wanted to portray death as somebody that he would want to meet yeah so he made it this this woman there's a, a picture above of from one of the comic cons probably hard to see so it was a different portrayal and, th- and a lot of what he did is kind of very essence of what goth is now uh but the the story and the depth that he was able to tell was like on an epic level actually i like that that one too yeah sandman's a good interesting uh, i just started and, watching the tv show and i haven't and i'd never read the comic it's, and, it's and i like the tv course. show you know that is it's very true to itself it takes its own spin uh but it it, it does it does it justice another one that uh people is the audiobook on audible because it is a full out production so, really? it, so you so well, all like your, Orson Welles shit in the past. So like all the sounds, effects, full orchestra, different actors for every part. Oh, that's you know, awesome. So it is well done. I'll check that. Um, so that's highly, actually uh, uh, Zach from uh, formerly of Norse Comics was the one that kind of recommended it. And I've seen it elsewhere. Top, top shelf. And even the Sandman it actually technically started in the 80s, but has lasted and is still there are still Sandman stories right. going on right yeah. now. Uh, the the author of Something Is Killing the Children, James Tinian, is writing one of those right now. Very nice. Um, so one of the, one of the characters, a demon, or not a demon, a nightmare that has been personified and came into the real world. The Corinthian. He's ah, actually in this. Yeah. So, <laughs> horrific and, guy. And he's yeah. been he's been in other comic book movies before because yeah. he was the one in Logan uh, with the yeah. robotic arm. Yep. Yeah, he, I like him as and an And he was in one of the Predator films, too. So I, he's a really good actor. I like him. Oh, the actor. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Sorry. I was thinking the, the character. I'm <laughs> no. like, because he has, his eyes oh. are teeth. Yeah, his yeah. eyes are awesome. So he always wears, he always has glasses. But like, but yeah, the that comic. actor, I was, that one got, that was very good casting. That yeah. really made me hold on. Because I was like, yo, I've loved him and everything else I've seen him in. Because I was iffy. Because it kind of seemed, sl- I don't know if the books is as slow as the TV show was in getting it in. So it is definitely different because, you know, uh, most of my reading comes more on a modern side of things, uh, recent, and it is a little old and it is kind of British. So right. some of it does kind of move a little slower. One of the fr- it was hard to read at first because each panel really had its own feel, and you really had to kind of once you kind of broke it apart, and it would change scenes and change times. So you really had to kind of pay a little more attention to that. But once you kind of got into the flow, right. It was it was you know a masterpiece, but no the the show was a really good show and mm-hmm. they did it quite well and his performance of the Corinthian was spot on. I had I was rewatching Logan when I re- when I was sitting there going why does he look yeah and then I was I was like oh shit he's the Corinthian. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen any of this, so I'd, maybe I should watch the show. I would definitely say yeah because yeah, honestly good. like Bill and I have a lot different. As far as comic flavors, yeah, we, yeah. we Our, do and we don't. There's certain something, yeah, but a, a lot of the darker stuff doesn't appeal to me, at least up front. You know what I mean? So I remember when Sandman was big. You know what I mean? Going into comics because, like, the I was friends with the owners of uh, uh, Comic Relief in Flint, Michigan. Uh, 
Comic Relief, Flint, Michigan, still love you guys to this day. Um, but I, I should use that term friends loosely. I was a very top notch customer. <laughs> I spent, <laughs> yo, I was spending like $100 a week at age 15 at a comic book store. So that's they were worth know. it. Yeah. But I remember them talking about the Ooh, character. That's a dope cover. And I remember picking them up and I was like, yeah, it doesn't do it for me. But I was, you got to think, I already knew I was going to join the military at that point in time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I was very much into the military style books. So, uh, especially that's why X uh, X Force appealed to me because they were same age as me, but you know they were Cable was teaching them like a, a military unit. So GI Joe, I, I I was big into GI. I'm still I have fucking the uh, Irish Kage Ninja tattoo on my arm, the same one Snake Eyes and uh, uh, Storm Shadow. Storm so this Shadow. is death. Oh, and, nice. and yeah. uh, <laughs> this this is why men always flirt with death. Um, Makes sense. But each the, each of the gods, almost kind of like American gods, desire, um, destiny. Um, can't think of all of them. Despair, you know. So they're all different kind of emotions, and those those personified into these deity or or dem demigods. I'm not sure if they're full full out. They're um, I forget what they call them, but I'd say they were gods. They're, close close yeah, enough yeah, for yeah. for literature purposes. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got definitely. Cain and Abel in there. Mm -hmm. So they're and they're always trying to kill each other. Um, they know. they put that. You saw this, yeah? They put that in the show too, mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. I was like, I like when they make when they make mix because uh, there's a lot of religion that gets thrown into comics like Norse mythology, oh, yeah. Greek mythology, Roman mythology. Yeah, the, there's but I, so right that's there. that's the helm and uh, Morpheus, Lord of Dreams. It kind of looks like a World War II gas mask, yeah, without the uh, canister, canister at the bottom, yeah. yeah. I agree, but yeah, they, 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 but it was it was nice seeing biblical stuff in comics because you really don't see it that often. You know what I mean? Like you might see it, something that looks like an angel or a demon here or there. But I just you, watched a show that has to do a lot with all that, and that's Evangelion, Neon Genesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have been telling you know, me to we, watch that. We way. just did our last episode on Dragging These Balls for that. That'll be out next week. Um, if you haven't watched that, I mean that show is. All right, I'm gonna take your word. Incredible. I tried to. I, maybe I was tired when I was watching. Well, it, yeah, but. you got to give it a minute. You know what I mean? Like, but it's on the surface. You're looking at it, and you're like, "Oh, this is like." Especially back then, it's like you were watching stuff like Dragon Ball Z and uh, Outlaw Star and fucking like fucking Gundam. Gundam, Mobile Suit so, Gundam. Oh, on, on the such surface, a great show. on the surface, you're like, "Oh, this is more of like that," but it's it, more. Yeah. It's more than that. You're looking into the psyche of the people that are piloting these mechs and, like, the situation they're in. So it is the apocalypse. It's, you know what I mean? Like, half the population is dead. Actual angels are attacking humanity, and their only defense is the Evas. All right. Well, I'll and, check it out. I trust your judgment. It's fucking... Well, non-comic book related. Um, so I was watching... Uh, the. Uh, Pope's Exorcist the other day on um, Netflix. I saw that on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, me and Angie were watching that, and that was a, kind of a scary movie. You know, there was some spots on there that I was on the edge of my seat, and it was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I didn't want to see that one, but I got fed the ad for it, so I, I watched the little trailer, and it must be early on, but I really liked that it showed, uh, what's the what's old boy's name from Gladiator? Uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is the main, he's the Pope's yeah. Exorcist. And he does a good called? job. Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, okay. it's on. It's a Netflix show. And, a movie. Well, apparently, but, it's based on actual events. That character that Russell Crowe plays was an actual exorcist and wrote a bunch of books. And 
um, it takes place in 1987, and so um, it was a really good movie. It, you know, reminded me of The Exorcist when I was a kid. Scared um, me for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. This one, this one will have you on the edge of your seat. <laughs> it was very dope because he he started because I I thought it meant another Exorcist movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something's got to stand out different. And what they showed that Nef, my Netflix knows me. It feeds me. It knows me very well. That's why I don't let nobody have my code. Um, <laughs> But uh, it showed him talking to like a whole bunch of other uh, higher up uh, Catholic priests, and they're like, "Well, you you've been doing this and doing this, and there's a lot of basically pomp and circumstance." He was like, "Well, you have to do that." He was like, "Every he was like, do you realize like eighty five percent of the jobs that you send me on don't need an exorcism? You know what I mean? It's people that wanted attention, or you know they were yeah. faking it." And 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 I really liked that they said that because. Most of the time, that shit is fake. Yeah, you know I mean, I've I've never uh, you know witnessed like, it. Like the Ghostbusters. But, I'll, I'll tell you, you the closest know, thing I've the yeah, closest thing I've ever seen to a, a, a demon infestation is somebody addicted on heroin. Yeah, I get it. Or methamphetamines. But, but see, I, I I won't even play with fucking Ouija board. So if somebody says there's a Ouija board <laughs> in the house, it's like it was nice talking to you. I'm outie. I was gonna prank you when they get a mouse pad that was a Ouija board and put it on your desk. <laughs> You should watch it run out. That's exactly what would have happened. I wouldn't. Have, I would know. It would not have been funny. <laughs> Don't ever fucking do that, please. I'd lose uh. my shit. It'd, it'd be hard for me to go back into that studio without It'd be like putting left. a snake in front of somebody. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't. Well, you say we keep not to veer off course or whatever, but I think we can't ta do this episode without talking about some of the Batman runs that took place. Well, I, I got then, and I you got brought one. up I've got, I got one. one. Yep. It's on my and list. I saw that. Um, Wait, that that's actually a proxy, but because this was so Batman, yes. The killing joke. This was probably the one that I right. thought of first, but it was actually I believe it was actually in the nineties. But the one that I think as far as a night uh, that was know. in the nineties. Yeah, that might be two thousand. Two thousand. You're right. Been, so, yeah. so, so it was not the the nineties run. That was the nineties the long Halloween? Oh, that is a that good. was my recommendation. Quítate, Mosca. Um, <laughs> fly. Um, Jeff Goldblum's here. Ah, well played. <laughs> but it was such a great run because it was a good who done it, and it had a twist at the end that you mm. never caught. If you go back, you might be a little catch little details, but like. Who actually was the murderer? You never would have guessed it. That's um, got an animated version, which is pretty on point to the comic. So if you have, it's a two-parter. Yeah. Uh, but Best Buy has them together now. Do well, we want, do we want a spoiler of what the Long Halloween? Yeah. We've been yeah we've oh. pretty much been spoiled. Yeah. These are old. So I mean the the twist in it it was Jeff uh, the the Commissioner Gordon's wife who was the murderer. I mean that was the the crazy yeah. twist of of this like long serial killer and she ends up like getting away with it. Mm -hmm. And and while the other you know the other criminal kind of takes the rap for it, while you know her, so it's and like Batman pretty much lets her get away with it. You know what I mean for yeah. safety. Well, for for Gordon, yeah. yeah. I mean Gordon was his best friend by the end of that. She's doing it as like a vigilante type thing. There's a storyline behind it. I'll, you know, if if you don't want to read the books, I've got the movies, and I'll give. Yeah, them. I was gonna say the movies are great. I've read a few of the books. I didn't get to read all of them, but that it was felt more close. psychosis than than like vigilante. I mean, yeah. like it's it, to me, it was like the corruption of the city of Gotham, mm -hmm. and that that true kind of just. All right, this brings me to a to a question though, and and Mike, I'm glad you brought this up because I brought up Iron Man, and there's no way I wasn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, 
And I will always say Iron Man's better than Batman. Fuck you all. Fuck you, Batman's better. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for saying there, it. There's for a me. lot of bad Batman stories out there, though. There is. So here's so. my here here was my question. A lot of though. good ones. There though. are yes. a lot of awesome Batman stories, but one of my biggest problems with DC has always been most of the really, 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 really good Batman stories, the ones that stand out, like the Killing Joke, um, they don't take place in any DC fucking comics you know what i mean they're yeah. written outside rea- outside of their timelines or just in its own little bubble other yeah. than like nightfall well a that death one. in the family actually takes place in saudi arabia but i mean they're like there's a cuz basically they leave the killing joke they leave it up to you did did he snap his neck or did he not you know what i mean so if he killed him then that's definitely not in this in this one i've always wondered if the long halloween ever took place in the actual regular Batman universe because they mm-hmm. never spoke of that character again. That's true. They you know didn't. what I mean? There, there was a a repeat of it. They came out like um, there's a little post mid COVID. Okay. Um, it was like a one or two off steri- okay. series. I think it was just one off. Um, it was like another long Halloween or whatever, and it kind of picked up with the same the calendar killer or or was I forget was that is that his name? Calendar man. Calendar man. Calendar man. So he kind of came back for for a short little. Stent. Okay. Very subpar villain. <laughs> but yeah, I've like I said, I've that was all that's always been an issue that I've had with the character. You know how great stories you can make if you don't have to follow along the the, the universe you live in. Right. Like, like think about how good Logan was in compared to some of the other Wolverine movies because it didn't take place in the same X Men well, universe. Loosely. Look, but yes, what I'm saying, it, like Batman, still ha- you know the characters, yeah. you know all the characters unless they're introducing a new one. You know what I mean, and you know it's in Gotham. But again, when you don't have to follow anything set, I think that gives you a lot of car- freedom. Yeah, yeah it gives you a lot freedom. of freedom. You know what I mean? So I, I've, I'm not saying these Batman stories aren't good because they are. But again, when they exist outside the timeline, the, they're one offs. Can they technically go against stories that are? Have the, you know what I mean that take place? I to to me to me it's like winning on steroids. But I would okay. I I think yes they should because Spider Man is one of my favorite characters. One of my favorite storylines that's been recent was um you know Spider Shadow. Mm-hmm. All right, you know so it's that was it, technically a what if yes yeah was, but still yeah. it was still a great read. But that's but that's what it was able to kind of break free and kind of challenge a lot of this. Typical roles, but you're, proving, but you're proving my point again. Like these are great stories when you don't have to follow. And and I mean, I get the reason behind doing them because you know what I mean. Like everything. I got an idea when you're all right, my babe. The, the, an, another another. Uh, well, for real, fucking damn near every TV show that's out that has to do with comic books. The boys is just a Justice League off. Uh, most of the characters in in a. Uh, Invincible are Justice League throwoffs. Yeah. Watchmen is Justice League throwoffs. So you have all these things where the, even if they change the name, you know what the basis is. You know what I mean? And even well, I'll take it a step further. Uh, what's the one? The Incredibles, uh, which are basically the Fantastic Four, or even something like yeah. Wanted. Have you guys read Wanted? Yeah, which yeah. I thought was dope. But so, that that but, book. Like, so, like I said, I'm not saying they're not good, but I don't think like. Same way I think some of the newer rappers should be separated from. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're singing. And you're not spoken word rapping. You don't need to be getting awards for rappers. You need to have your own genre. I think these ones that take place outside of 
regular continuity to comics that have an ongoing continuity. I think they need to have an asterisk or they need to be separated in a different category. So well, that's one what, thing, the, one the, thing the that what if, I mean, that's what they did with spider shadow. So, so one thing that somebody told me once about movies and why he said, um, a movie was the perfect medium because that one movie was all you needed for that show for that storyline. There was all one piece. You didn't need a sequel. He said to that was a perfect movie. So that's why I think those are still a valid art form. And plus, as somebody new going into a comic, you don't have to know the backstory. Like right now, um, I'm so lost in the what's happening in the, the main Batman storyline that I don't I don't know the backstory of the other one. So it's like I don't know this universe, but I need to know that universe to really appreciate that story. So when you have these closed little things, you can just jump in. Everything you need is right there. Mm-hmm. It's simple. I mean, you, you, yeah, you may know who these characters are, but it's presented in a different light. Like the last Ronin. Yeah. And, and, or, you that's, know, just like every kind of reboot of, of the Batman. <laughs> Batman, you know. So, or, or, or when they did Future State. I like, like you didn't have to. It was good, but see, that was also like that was what a year. It was a I mean? it was yeah. a lot of comics. Yeah, but my point is, is like you could jump in at the beginning and you'd be, you'd have a beginning to start at instead of like where do I begin because this storyline's been going for yeah. 10, well, that, 15 years. I like I said, it, I don't. I'm not taken away from the stories being good. I matter of fact, I own a lot of these. I'm just saying. I, that's why I would never put one of those on my best list. And honestly, I thought about it too for another one, uh, which was the Transformers book, which I I didn't check. And I think it was early two thousand, so that was another reason I didn't bring it. But the War Within, um, I am a fan of like doing prequels, especially when there isn't any any basis. You know what I mean? Like you may have a flashback here or there, but that's why I like Smallville. You know what I mean? There there had never been that much reach into into Clark Kent before he was Superman. You know what I mean? It was dope to see that. And you knew where it was going to end. I like that. The War Within is a Transformer story that took place on Cybertron before they came here. And it was such dope writing. But again, it was written by people that didn't have to create the characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had a basis to follow. They got to, you know, make this work. And, and, and again, I think yeah, you're just expanding cool. on. You're expanding on something that's created. Right. And that's where, you know what I mean? That's why... It gets the asterisk for that's being why good. the Star Wars EU, like, like the novels, mm-hmm. was so good. I mean, I know there are many parts to the EU, but like it, I'm talking about just the books, is like they were doing exactly what you were just saying. Like they just expand, I mean, that's why it's called the expanded universe, right. or it used to be now they call it legends or whatever, but um, yeah, it just expanded on Star Wars if you loved. The movies, and you only had so many, and then you had the cartoons and stuff. Well, but, you had a few comics back in the day, too. But they were going back to, like, Darth Plagueis. They did a Darth Plagueis book and covered that story. It's incredible. They did the Darth Bane trilogy. It's incredible. They've covered Thrawn. They did the Thrawn stuff. I mean, and they really cover a wide range of time. And I'm a big, these I'm books. A, I'm a big Star Wars fan. You can see my Millennium Falcon. So sometimes having an, a really long, expanded universe... Is a good thing. Like it is nice to have those isolated stories, but uh, to have a wider universe is great too, and a long, uh, continuing story is. So I think the key is if you are. I think this is more kind of thinking it as as a business, right? Is being able to jump in at any point 
within that story and be able to kind of comprehend it. And it, I, I don't take anything against it, but it's a di- it's a different challenge, you know, as far as a creative in as far as a creative process of, yes, I have to kind of adhere to this universe and play along with it versus being able to go on your own. And I think you're to kind of create your own universe. You got to have the balls and the and the and the mojo to pull it off. Yeah. Uh, another one's uh, and, speaking of universes that were got my bad for cutting you off. Uh, the Milestone Universe came out about the same time that Image came out with, but they weren't as well-known artists and writers. It was a minority-based. That was when Blood Syndicate first came out, uh, Hardware, Icon, and Static, and probably the one character that's most known from uh, their universe is Static, a.k.a. Static Shock, which also had a cartoon in the 90s. Which was a good show. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it's getting a new one, too. I'm hoping... Isn't he a part of DC now? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. All, all of Milestone is part of DC now. Um, oh, so right. That's a good thing. Yeah. That it's continuing on. Where are we at on uh, time there, Bill? About three hours. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Bill, no, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad, though, that we, you know what I'm saying? It's not a, an argument, but that we have different thought processes on that. Because I have been thinking about what you were saying while you were talking about it. You know what I mean? And, and I get your point. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of uh, my issue has always been... From from a music aspect, you know mm. what I mean. It's like you always have somebody. What, what's the difference between remixing something and sampling something? They're you know they're the two completely different things. So yeah, it, or compo- somebody said, um, the song is the song, but then it's how you compose it and how you set it up is a different art. Right. So like you know once you write that song, it is yours. But then somebody remixes it, resamples it. It's still your song, but right. it's through their through their voice, through their lens. I thought that was an interesting perspective on it, but I I, I tend to go to the yeah. But when do you get in? It. When do you get into thievery? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well I guess as long as you're getting paid, own. yeah. I, I, that does make a like as far as these books, yeah. you know, they got permission to use the characters; yeah. they wouldn't be out there. You know what I mean? Um. So, but with music, somebody had said it. And it was a big hip hop producer was like, you should get paid for anything that's being used, whether it's being remade or being sampled. And you should be paid for it. However, you shouldn't be allowed to tell me I can't use it because you put it out there for the world. And I was like, because I because at first I was like, but I own it. And I was like, oh, but you're right. I have put it out for the world to share. So why can't somebody else manipulate it as long as I'm getting the credit and or I'm getting paid for it? And he has a very good point because there's a lot of and, and I'm and I'm, I'm a new school. Absolutely. It, that's the recipe to success. Yeah. Otherwise, you're fucking yourself. But I mean, but but I mean, even like think about all right, what they what they said to um, oh, white kid that sings real hip hop or R&B. Jack Harlow? Or no? no. He is hip-hop. Justin Bieber? No. <laughs> that boy can sing, by the way. Real yeah, R&B. Yeah. Um, no, uh, the, he had the song with Pharrell that they got sued by uh, 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 Marvin Gaye. Robin, Robin, Robin oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so they got sued um, because their song sounded too much like a Marvin Gaye song, which they said you know they were trying to to pay homage to, but they were like, yeah, but you stole it. And I didn't think that at first. When I heard them together, I was like, ooh, okay. When I heard them together, I was like, all right, maybe. But, all right, pay them, you know, pay them, but you shouldn't be trying to take everything from them. Now, that was an interpolation more than a sample. But then if you think about um, 
Shook Ones Part Two, which is <laughs> the very if you don't know that song, it's yeah. Mob Deep, but it's the one that Eminem freestyled to at the very last battle against Falcon. Very famous. I, beat. I mean, yeah, Papa Doc <laughs> before he was Falcon yeah, yeah, in very, Eight Mile. Yeah, that's probably beat. one of the most famous and best hip hop. Quintessential hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you claim to love hip hop, you know that. Or some of those that, drum beats that that have been sampled forever. But, right, like that, the one called going, Impeach the President. Yeah. All right, so okay. this is where I'm going with this. So the drum line was a sample. Um, and then there's some sound effects that are a sample, but the main like melody of the song is also a sample. Now the difference is he pitched it, did so many different things to it. The original artist didn't even know it was his song. You know what I mean? So that's taking something and turning it into something else. Yeah. That's, that's where, not yeah. That's, that's not like Vanilla Robin. Ice fucked up when he did Ice Ice, Ice Baby. <laughs> there's went bomb 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 bomb. It's different. David, <laughs> David, but, but yo, I definitely they added a. Tss. <laughs> but, but that that's something else you know they, they're blaming the artist those are the producers that make those beats yeah. the artists think by the time they get the beat that should have gotten cleared by all of the legal yeah. team like that's not on me and i don't and I, you know what i mean and i gotta he agree with him for shit. that yeah and he, he also made a good back po- then though he also made a good point it's like they don't go after you until you're making money Facts, now that yeah. i'm making money all the sharks are coming out. It's like old man in the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's yeah, it's hundred percent right too. Because when hip hop first came out, they didn't care about sampling. Oh, uh, because it's not going to last ten years. It's that's, years what, that's what hip hop was before people rapped. Though they would loop uh, the same Sit, beat. Yeah, like it was like dance music. That's so. what that. To the, that's why there's two turntables. You see DJs. You would eat. hear the same beat in every club, and they would loop the same part. Yeah. Over and over, and there would be nobody rapping, but it was just so people could dance. dance. And shit. Yeah, break beats. That's Disco time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, break beats. Mm-hmm. Hip hop's got a. Let's go down to the discotheque. <laughs> Disco ain't dead. I, li- I like the, the, the voice you use. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, I think we should wrap her up right here. That was a good episode. Should we all get our three in? Did we, you get. We, some of us had more than three. Yeah. I got to get mean, going, though. Uh, My aunt passed away yesterday morning. Oh, no. I'm sorry. This morning. So I should probably get to my family, but thanks for coming. Yo, thanks for coming to do this. That's, yeah, well, rest shit. in peace to my aunt. She was a really good lady, and you know it sucks, but at least she's not in pain anymore. Word, so. word. Hell yeah, heaven yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, like uh, we said, this has been the Comic Zone. Um, thanks to everybody that joined us in the chat, especially. Third wheel, three wheel bicycle. We love Steve. And Justine Howe for letting yep. us know our sound was jacked up. Yes, yes thank, thank you. you. And shout thanks. out to Little House of Burgers, too. Oh, always. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Aaron. Thanks for yeah. coming out, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I always love being here. You're always a good addition to the to the show. It's always if fun. Want, if you want to do more, just let me know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, whenever I don't have the kids, I'm always down to do a show. Sweet. Go to thecomiczone.com. That's where we got all our episodes of the main show and Dragon These Balls. Hit us up on socials and, of course, the group on Facebook as well as our page. And if you're not a member, let us know. We'll make you a member. Yep. Just let us all. All of us can do that, I think. Yes. We're sitting here right now. Yep. I think that's it. Peace out, homies.